Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tech, episode 123. I'm a felon. Recorded January 28th, 2013, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. You know, no matter how hard I try, mm-hmm. every time I do the intro to the show, it's obvious that I'm a Texan because I just can't say the word productions. It comes out productions every time, no matter how hard I try. Element OP Productions. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, that's just one of those things. See, I think that's quaint. You know, coming from California, I always thought that that was kind of neat. Well, you know, there are people who've had long and illustrious careers in broadcasting who never lost their accent. You know, people like Garrison Keeler and the like who, who not only didn't lose it, but milked it. You know, Paul right. Harvey uh, held on to his southern roots uh, or his rural roots, rather. Uh, I, I try to sound as non-dialectic as possible, but every now and then, productions is one of them words that gets me. <laughs> I want to know, that, that gets me to thinking, uh, what was Harry Carey? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was Venusian. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hey. <laughs> I think he was drunk. That's actually what that was. <laughs> he was from the land of Inebria. He was inebriated. That's uh, right. <laughs> Hey, everybody, my name's Mark, and that dude over there, that's Sean. Hi, Sean. Hey, Mark, it's great to be back, as always. And uh, this week, as the topic implies, we're going to talk about uh, a new, I don't I want to call it a new law, a new ruling right. that has recently taken effect that uh, has made more people criminals than uh, speed limit laws uh, in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel sorry. Well, I guess we, we can talk about we'll that there. We'll get there. <laughs> later on in the show. But first, the warm-up. Yes. First right. thing I want to say, Sean, before you before you go oh, on. Okay. Um, we had our first Snowmageddon scare here in Georgia. Um, really? There was roughly one-seventeenth of an inch of ice somewhere in the state, and therefore <laughs> all the schools closed. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, actually, apparently, I'm understanding the way they do it here is it, the decision is not made by each school itself. It's made by the county. So oh. the entire county where I live, Cherokee County, uh, closed their schools. And and I bring this up because I didn't know they'd closed their schools until um, a teacher sent an email. Uh, there was going to be an extracurricular event that my daughter was going to be in, and the uh. teacher sent an email saying that we're going to have to make arrangements. And... Uh, you know, I thought, how backwards? Um, if you have a, if you if you work for a school district, buy a phone automated messaging system. They're dirt cheap. Alert right. now, free plug for Alert now. It's the one that that I use there where you work, and and lots of people use. I think it's like three bucks per student per year. Yeah, it's, it's dirt cheap and immensely valuable. Um, my wife commented that uh, by that time in in Texas where we lived, we would have gotten three phone calls, an email, and a text message, uh, you know, uh, from the various yeah. systems. And instead, we had to get we just happened to get a t- uh, an email from the teacher because um, we don't we're not the t- it wasn't it wasn't a cold snowy day. Um, it was cold, but right. where we are, it, there wasn't even any rain. There wasn't even a cloud in the sky. Um, but again, More like since, there was a decent chance that there might be some ice on the road somewhere. Exactly. Uh, right. And since it's a countywide decision, you know, maybe up in the northern parts, up in the mountains, because, you know, where I live is right at the foothills of the uh, 
Appalachian Mountains, so the the elevation goes up really quickly. So some of those areas might have had ice, you know, but mm-hmm. but we didn't, and so I would never have known. We'd have we'd have gotten the kids out of bed, gotten them dressed, and sent them off to school, only to find out nobody's there. So if you're listening to this and you work for school and you don't have one of those systems, get one. Just there's no excuse. Get one. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you're right to plug alert now because they are. Uh, it's one of the few things we've opted to pay for, you know, it's a service that we've opted to pay for at the school district. And I mean, we probably use it half a dozen times throughout the year, but those times, yeah, I mean, it's, it's immensely valuable, so much more valuable than what we pay for it. And, um, that could be, uh, just, you know, weather related school closures, or you might have, uh, some sort of incident at, at the school or, you know, who knows, there's all kinds of reasons that you may have to get the word out or, um, you know, maybe it's, uh, athletic events have been canceled for, for the evening or something, you know, right. but, uh, uh, it's, it's really helpful. So yeah, no reason not to have one They're They're fairly cheap and heck i'm sure there's people who have probably put one together on their own somehow yeah and 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 even before we had alert now i had a mailing list right and and you could uh every cell phone has an email to text gateway all the uh, uh, carriers have that so i built a mailing list where you give me your your uh just a simple php script you tell me your cell phone number and your carrier and i had a little lookup table that matched up the carrier with their gateway and boom, instant text message script. All I had to do was send an email to a distribution list. You could do it with a Google list, anything. Right. Uh, and you got it. There's no excuse not to have some sort of messaging system in place. So shame on you, Cherokee County Schools uh, of, of Cherokee, Georgia, uh, of Cherokee County. I mean, repeat the <laughs> phrase Cherokee County as often as possible. Um, and anybody else out there, just it's just dumb. Do it. Especially... If you're going to freak out anytime the weather, the temperature drops below 30. <laughs> Those darn Southerners. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have uh, absolutely zero segue for this one, Mark. <laughs> well, I'll but give I- you one. Speaking of somebody who does do it right. There you go. Thank you very much. Master of the segue. There, see, I just gave you another another uh, great nickname there. You're the master of the Segway. Uh, Unfortunately, there there there's a weight limit on those things, and I can't ride. Them. <laughs> right. Well, maybe like you can wear them like skates, <laughs> one on each foot. That'd be awesome. Uh, okay, so now that I look totally horrible, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wanted to send uh, you know a shout out. We don't do this enough, you know. We're we're quick to complain when somebody does a bad job with customer service. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to Makershed.com. Um, I know you guys have listened to me uh, over the past uh, few weeks uh, go on and on about getting a Raspberry Pi and uh, Arduino. And uh, I had ordered two Arduinos, one for myself and one for my assistant. And a uh, box came in and uh, the packing slip inside said two Arduinos, but there was only one. Uh, and the box that it came in, you could only fit the one in there. I mean, it was, it was obvious that it, you know, they didn't like forget to put another one in this box. This box would only hold one. Uh, so I was a little concerned because of the, of the packing slip, but I figured, well, I'll give it a, a day, another day or two. Uh, maybe they shipped them in two different boxes. Maybe one just got here uh, before the other. Waited a couple days, still no second Arduino. Um, I, being the nice guy that I am, 
I gave the one that came in first to my assistant and let him start tinkering with it. Uh, but finally, I called Makershed. They get they have a toll free number on their site. Called them up, and apparently they have uh, some sort of uh, fulfillment system that actually works uh, handles these order the order processing for them because it wasn't actual Makershed. It was I can't remember the name of of that company, but. Uh, but either way, Makershed's paying a good company to do their their work for them because uh, I basically just told them my situation. I ordered two. I got one. They asked for my order number, looked it up, and said, okay, Mr. Kybel, we'll get another one right out to you. And I got an email later that day that said my second unit had shipped. No questions asked. No, you know, making me jump through 30 hoops to prove, you know, I'm, I'm picturing like having to take a picture of the box that it came in right. and, and show that there's no possible way to fit in that box. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to have to jump through these hoops. And even then they might still tell me, well, sorry, um, nothing like that at all. I mean, it was a 30 second conversation and my second unit was in the mail and they apologized for the wait. Of course, when they when it only costs twenty eight dollars, you know they can afford to give you the benefit of the doubt, right? Well, you know, I'd like to think so, and not only that, but you know, I was ordering it, uh, you know, in the name of the company, and this is, you know, I I personally thought it was a good business decision because yes, you know, I'm doing this in research of trying to get a tech a tech club started and robotics. Uh, program started and so you know if this works out and these are good products then yes more orders are sure to follow uh so from a business standpoint it's a good decision but you know too often businesses don't really look at things that way anymore um so anyway i thought it was worthy of mention so if you're interested in looking at this kind of stuff they do sell raspberry pies as well as arduinos uh check them out makershed.com and they have a lot of other uh, great resources for uh, all of that kind of tinkering all right credit where credit is due yeah so mark let me uh let me tell you uh about a little something i did uh let's see it was friday um because I know you're looking at Campus Suite in the notes and thinking, what is he talking about? There you go. There's a Texasism for you. Talking about. Ta- talking about. Uh, <laughs> it's better than fitna. So, I'm fitting to go. Fit, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm fitting to go get dressed. It's got to go to work. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, I, I've on the show many times talked about uh you know, trying to up your customer service level, do a really good customer service and uh, inevitably, and I've also complained about trouble ticket systems and how people will not open trouble tickets. Uh, so I'm expecting uh, both positive and negative feedback on this little thing that I did. But, uh, you know, we've we've got our workflow under control pretty well. We've got a few uh, projects that we're working on, but um, we're essentially at the point now that when new trouble tickets come in from end users, they're immediately being handled. And that's a great place to be. But, uh, you know, inevitably, there's those ones out there where uh, people are, you know, this computer hasn't been working for the last two months, and they come at you like, it's your fault, right? Right. So I wanted to take, like, the proactive step, right? We're in a good spot right now. It's a good time of the year. Things are kind of just chugging along. Uh, So me and my assistant got out from behind our desks, and went out and we did a sweep of all of our campuses. We went through all the rooms and just asked anybody, you have any technical problems, anything that we can help you with? Um, 
and uh yeah we did i mean we came back with about six or seven little minor things we fixed some things just on the fly as we were uh, walking through um but i thought it was a good thing to do i think it's a good thing to get out and you know be seen um you know it's even more important if you're that kind of tech guy that really sits at a desk and answers phone calls all day and maybe it's not even really technically in your job description to be up and moving around maybe you're just software support or something um if you get the opportunity to do like something like this i think it's important um it puts a face with the name people uh you know it's like my my story of you know being in the military and you know walking around with a wrench all day long right uh, people think you're the busiest guy in the world because they always see you walking around like you're going to do something. Um, so it, it was nothing more than public relations, really, but um, I thought it was it was valuable. I used to call that making rounds, you know, just like a doctor who makes rounds at the hospital. Uh, every day when I was in the uh, the one man show position, I would I would uh, visit each of the the campuses and just just walk around. How how are things going? There anything I can help you with, um, you know, uh, things like that. And and as you tend to get overwhelmed in workload, that sort of thing tends to drop off. And you're right; it, it's it's good to sort of get back to basics. Um, in fact, I had a conversation one time with uh, with my boss at the time who said, you know, the the issue is you're not being seen enough. Uh, mm-hmm. People don't know that you're even here sometimes. Uh, right. And I, I said, you know, well, if I if I'm solving things remotely and if I can fix five people's problems at once uh, remotely because I can I can cycle through things, isn't that more efficient and better than giving, you know, less service to fewer people uh, in the name of being seen? And, uh, you know, there's two ways you can look at that. You can look at that as, you know, one is being more efficient and the other one is uh, uh, being more visual. And mm-hmm. I I learned in my time there that you you have to have you have to have both. Sometimes you right. have to be inefficient uh, in the interest of letting people see you and 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 uh, building some sort of relationship. Yeah, well, and that's why I thought it was uh, important to to mention. You know, it's worth worth mentioning because uh, sometimes that's it. You got to wag the dog. You know, you got to um, get out there, and you know, regardless of what the truth is, you know, perception is reality. Right. And, and uh, you need to go out there and kind of twist that perception in your favor. Um, it goes a long way, and it actually makes your job easier too, because your end users are going to believe that you know you are interested in supporting them, you know, making sure everything works for them, that you do actually care. Um, so yeah, it's it's immensely uh, immensely valuable, and then it also it buys you some forgiveness for those times when you are bogged down and you have to be planted behind your desk there because you're just barely keeping up with everything. Um, then people realize that that's the case in those instances. You know, wow, we haven't seen him. He, he must really be busy. Um, so yeah, it's a good thing all around. So I wanted to throw it out there because if you haven't done that in a while, uh, you know, we just ticked off a new year. Uh, maybe. Uh, you know, make that a late resolution. Get out from behind your desk and uh, go press the flesh. And just a quick pro- programming note. Um, we may not have a show for you at all next week. Uh, if we do, it will not be at the regular time. Uh, and the reason for that is uh, Sean is uh, headed off to the TCEA convention that they do every year in Austin, Texas. This will be my first year in almost a decade and a half that I'm not going, and um, mm. 
I got to say it's hurting me a little bit uh, seeing the uh, the posts about it and and all my friends and and former colleagues uh, talking about it. It was always uh, really one of my favorite times of the year. Uh, so I'll be uh, here watching from the Twitter feed. Uh, but you know, uh, Sean could do a show from there, but he's going to choose not to. He's going to go have steaks with vendors instead. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's either you know uh, we 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 said a couple of years ago, I think two years ago, that we were going to to uh, try to get some reports from the floor, as it were, uh, and and um, get some interviews. And we even built a a little portable rig that I thought was fairly elegant. And then we found literally nothing worth talking about. It was all yeah. vendor sales pitches and not very inspiring ones at that. So hopefully Sean will find better stuff this year. He'll package it all up, send it back to me. I'll edit it and spit it out, back out at you over the weekend. So if we do a show at all next week, it'll be late, just so you know. Right, right. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be looking. If there's anything noteworthy, then I'll, uh, I'll get it down. Audio quality may be you know, a little rough uh, for us, but... Um uh, I certainly will be keeping an eye out. I'm excited about going. I love going every year. Um, I'm a little uh, apprehensive. One, I've, I've always had my big brother there uh, watching out for me, showing me the ropes. And uh, I was certainly hitting my stride there the last time I, I went. But, uh, you know, Mark, I've also, I'm, I'm half expecting this to happen is I'm going to walk in there, you know, I'll be walking through the halls and everything and everything. Sean, hey, great to see you. Where's Mark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, uh, he, he moved, yeah. didn't you know? No, he moved. What? Yeah. Right, right. So I have a feeling that's going to be uh, probably one of the biggest topics of conversation I have all week long is just uh, advising people who aren't aware of the fact that that you've moved on. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, early on in the year, I had actually considered taking this week off and 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 going down there, even though it's not in my line of work anymore. It is something that I that I love doing, uh, but it, you know, it's expensive for one thing. Um, and I wouldn't get the, the discounted rate because I, I'm not part of a school. Uh, but other, uh, secondly, this ended up being a fairly, uh, pivotal time in my new job and I couldn't have taken the time off if I wanted to. So, uh, I thought about it, but, uh, just didn't work out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you'll be there in spirit. Yeah, in angry chain rattling spirit, like uh, <laughs> right. like Bob Marley, <laughs> Jacob Marley. Bob Marley wasn't angry. Well, um, speaking of not being angry, or maybe being angry, or maybe just being a little confused. I don't know, uh, Mark. You know, I've been uh, over the last several weeks. Uh, I I don't know. A couple times I've mentioned, you know, sort of wanting to figure out something else with the trouble ticket system, right? that we're currently using and you know it, it's just it's a frustrating thing to go through i know that it's one of the questions we are most often asked you know what trouble ticket system do you use what trouble ticket system do you recommend um and it's really difficult and uh i've kind of pegged that down a little bit uh this uh, within the last i don't know handful of days uh because i've really been looking at this hard uh, I got a email today sort of out of the, out of the blue and it was probably in reference to something I said on a show from a listener, uh, listener, Mike Masick, uh, Masick, Masick, Mike, I'm sorry, I'm tearing your name apart. Uh, but you know, he sent me this lengthy email and he was espousing all the virtues of Spiceworks and the Spiceworks, uh, help desk. 
And, you know, we've heard this out of several people, how great the, the help desk is in Spiceworks. So I thought, well, I have a Spiceworks install. We've never really looked at the help desk at all. I don't remember. Did, did do you ever look at it with much detail, Mark, when, when you were here? No, because we had something. It worked, and I was vaguely aware of it. And, of course, right. when, uh, when Cole and uh, um, the other fellow can't – I'm sorry, I can't remember. Tabrez. Uh, Cole and Tabrez, when they were on – uh, they espoused that as actually being their strongest feature. Uh, yeah. But no, we never really looked into it. Well, uh, Mike's email was so eloquent. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know what? I, let me take a look at this thing. I've already got an install of Spiceworks up and going. So let me, you know, just look and see if it's a good option. And I looked at a lot. I even looked at some, some paid-for options. Uh, Zendesk, which is probably one of the biggest ones out there. Um, and honestly, you know, something like that uh, technically is within my budget if I really wanted to go like that, but, uh, it still was more money than I think an operation my size needs. Um, so first off, I pulled up, uh, our old Spiceworks server and the thing like we've complained in the past was just about uh, non-operational. I mean, it's just, you know, you click on something and you wait 30 seconds for it to open that kind of thing. It was, it was just really bad. So I established very early on that I wasn't even going to try to salvage it. Um, I just ditched it all together and uh, I did a new install. Now that one was on a VM, so I thought maybe you know the virtualization was uh, you know part of the problem. Uh, so I just installed it on a on a Windows box um, with more resources than it needs. It calls for I can't remember uh, the processor or anything, but it, it was certainly. Windows 7 compatible needs at least a gig of RAM. Uh, this box had like four gigs on it, so um, plenty to run it. Uh, did a fresh install. Uh, install is amazingly simple. It's very straightforward. The entire interface happens in your web browser. Um, so that's that's kind of nice. Um, you know, we hadn't really played around with it, Mark, for about two years, and uh, the interface is a little bit more polished now. Um, uh, you know, I certainly like it. You kind of get that, uh, uh, Google like homepage where you can put different widgets and things depending on what it is that you want to look at. Um, uh, so all of that was great. Um, you know, I, again, I was just working on this for about half a day today, so I haven't really dug into it hardcore or anything. I'm just doing some homework. Um, I will say one thing I liked about the Spiceworks, uh, help desk as an option, uh, addresses one of my biggest problems is that uh, I want I want something where my users don't have to remember another login. Um, Spiceworks has Active Directory integration uh, built in. Uh, it was one very simple uh, configuration page in there that I had to do. I, I had Active Directory working in less than a minute. Well, that's because it's on a Windows machine. It can access the credentials right there on the machine. That's, that's right. how it's so easy to do. Yeah, it was it was uh, wonderfully simple, and so I was really happy about that because a lot of times when you want to get that single sign-on functionality, you've got to do some some uh, pretty heavy hacking, and that just isn't the case here. Um, but I will say one thing that was frustrating was uh, the email was not a piece of cake. As a matter of fact, I still don't have it working despite having followed uh, several suggestions on their uh, Spiceworks community. Um, so 
you know, we're a Google Apps for Domains school district, and uh, so we use Gmail, but we're using our own domain name, and that was causing a problem with IMAP. And, uh, you know, all I can say is at this point, I ran through several suggestions of, oh, you got to do this setting, you got to set, you know, it's the typical IMAP settings, you know, you put in, right. you know, your port, SSL or not, and your credentials and things like that. I mean, it's not like uh, it's it's rocket science, but uh, regardless of what I put in there and them saying this will work, it didn't work. Um, now, a great thing about Spiceworks is they tout that they have free tech support. So uh, that's where I'm going to pick up with tomorrow and just say, you know, I'm going to have to shoot it to them and say, look, this is my problem. You know, I'm putting in the Gmail settings that you guys are suggesting, the ports and whatnot, and I uh, just can't get it to work. I don't know, um, don't know what the problem is. So uh, I need that email side working because I do like to communicate back and forth with the users. Uh, I think that's very important. Uh, so I'm still not sure if Spiceworks is going to work for me or not. I imagine we'll get that working, um, and then I'll test it out. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't remember enough about it. Uh, but so you were you were unable to create an account and have it access it. Is that what you're saying? Right. I created. I created a uh, an account in Gmail. Uh, just help at my school district's uh, email, and uh, that's what I was going to use. And then, of course, I would go into to Gmail and could put forwarding so that you know it forward those emails uh, onto me and my assistant. Um, you know, set the account up with its with its credentials, pop those into the the configuration on Spiceworks, and it's just not working. Um, so unless you can think of something offhand on the Gmail side of that equation, I know I had to turn IMAP on. Uh, that is something you have to do in Gmail. It's not on by default. Um, but aside from that, I just can't figure it out. No, I don't know. It, it couldn't do pop. It had to be IMAP. It could do pop, and I did enable pop and try that just to <laughs> just to give it a shot. Um, I did at first. I was getting errors on both inbound and outbound. Um, I managed to get inbound working, but outbound was still throwing off errors. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'm looking at that. I looked at a few other uh, open source options. Uh, there's a couple of interesting ones out there now. Um, but you know the big ones the big really big one for me is i i want to get away from them having to remember a another uh login and you know the purist in me says they should suck it up and remember their freaking login or do whatever they have to do you know there's a reset password option you know there's all of that but it's still regardless of how tiny teeny tiny the barrier is it's still a barrier to entry and if there's something i can do to alleviate that i at least want to give it my best shot um, and then i think there's a lot of you know being a smaller organization there are things like in this spiceworks um, as well and and uh zendesk and everything else that you know an organization my side size doesn't need i need something simple i need like three fields their name you know, a title and describe your problem to me. And then a way on the back end to aggregate those and track them and make notes to them. And that's about it. I don't need, you know, I don't need to know how long it took us to, to resolve the issue. Uh, you know, did my tech take time to pick his nose before he closed the ticket? You know? <laughs> I, I don't need all those bells and whistles. 
Um, I just need something that scratches those few itches. So uh, Spiceworks looks like it might do it. Just uh, reading the chat room here. Uh, Yo-Yo Ha in the chat room recommends a a site called ZohoCreator.com, which is essentially an online database um, that he is using for his trouble ticket system. Uh, It doesn't look like it's an actual ticketing system, but something that you can use to make a ticket system out of. So he, he mentioned that, so I thought I would pass that on. And you muted yourself, Sean. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I'll take a look at that. You know, Mark, I had an idea, and it was agonizingly close and very cool. So we're a Google Apps for Domains district, and I thought I'll I'll just make a Google form, right? And a Google form almost fulfills all of those requirements. I can put a link to the form. I, you know, I can just put an icon on their desktop. They click it. They fill out the form. It takes them about ten seconds to do. Submits it puts it to a nice little spreadsheet uh, on our end. Uh, The only thing that's really missing there that makes us actually have to do extra work is if we wanted to converse with them at all, we'd have to separate from the tickets and actually, you know, just do it in email. And so those would become separate. And I I don't like that. But I thought, uh, you know, Google Form uh, would almost meet those requirements. I don't know. That that bothers me. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. And what uh, Yo-Yo Ha said, too, uh, I'm a big fan of, of making stuff do stuff, but I'm also a big fan of, of something that does one thing and does it really well. Uh, and when, you're, when you get to a system like you know, uh, Google Docs, Google Form, you're shoe, shoehorning things in and you're guaranteed to run into a limitation somewhere uh, that you're going to regret later. And now you've you've made the choice. You're using something other than for means other than it was intended, and now you're stuck with that. Um, well, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I think. Well, I think, like I said, I think the email, the lack of email integration is the is that right? Uh, because other than that, uh, for people to submit things like I mean to you like that, that's what Google Forms are made for. Right. Um, that's how we do our lunch counts, and they're very effective. It's one-way information. Right. It is a one-way information flow. And once you have to do that two ways, um, it breaks down. So uh, it was agonizingly close, but there's just, you know, uh, and I'm sure if I wanted to get super crazy and try and work out some, you know, specially scripted thing for it. But, you know, like you said, then you just end up creating a beast. Right. Uh, so uh, now what's this uh, you added in the notes there? Uh, just a just a note for you to something to try. Uh, okay. Later. Okay, I'll give that a shot. Um, and <laughs> something I don't care anything about, but somebody might. <laughs> Office twenty thirteen launches tomorrow. Yeah, I thought it would be horrible if we, you know, since we are now including tech news in uh, <laughs> in our lineup, if we didn't at least give this some mention. Um, you know, so, what's yeah. funny is most enterprises and, and school districts uh, are just now rolling out Office 2010. Right. You know, they're stepping away from 2007 and moving into 2010, just like in the last few weeks. Um, right. And so now it's time for 2013, which nobody will use until 2015. Yeah. Well, and that'll be my my big dilemma because we're still on, what is it, 07, right. I think? Um 
So, you know, I had been giving that some thought. I have the software assurance, so I could roll out 2010, and I was thinking I'd roll out 2010 possibly this summer, um, and now I've got this, so I don't know, you know, do I just go ahead and jump forward to 2013 and just bypass 10 altogether? Oh, uh, so you went ahead and bought the the office component of the software insurance this year? Yeah, yeah, I have the office side. I knew I was going to be going... Uh, I was going to be upgrading one way or the other. So Dude, I, I thought I knew you. I thought we could be friends. You're a Google <laughs> app school for crying out loud. Why would you pay even a penny for, for something? Uh, you just, you're, you're, you're tearing the, apart what I built, man. No, for the same reason you had to do it. <laughs> right. And it's there and they can use it forever. It's already paid for one time and it still processes words as well as it ever processed words. Yeah. Well, I did, you know, at some point, I, I already see it at some point, and maybe that's a like a Windows 8 thing, right? If you try to put Office 2007 with Windows 8, maybe the whole equation falls apart. I don't know. But uh, either way, yeah, we're, we'll be doing some sort of upgrade this year. Um, but I thought it's interesting. Microsoft, at least on their home side, they're like trying to push people to... Uh, subscription statuses now. oh yeah yeah they don't want because people do like i did right they buy it once and there's no compelling reason to upgrade microsoft is not given a compelling reason to upgrade in the last 10 years for any product <laughs> and so people are like well, i don't need to upgrade well, well they're, they're gonna, a lot of times there's reasons not to like when they came right. out with the ribbon that just freaked people out so they're going to fix that. They're going to say, well, you got to upgrade. You're on a subscription, and we're rolling you forward whether you care about it or not, and we're taking your money year over year whether you like it or not. Right. So they don't right. want to sell licenses anymore. They want to lease you a service. Right, right. Just like with the OS. Yeah. Man, you uh, got me all bitter and riled up. Now I was in a good mood until he started talking about that piece of crap it's a terrible piece of software marketed by a company that hasn't seen innovation in the last decade and people bow down and and beg them to take their money for it thank you for listening to this episode of <laughs> sound and fury <laughs> i love it i mean with 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 open office and LibreOffice and google docs out there i can't i just can't understand why anybody um, is paying for Microsoft Office. I just don't get it. Well, that's it's because there's that that business component that just doesn't. They think that business has to has to like H A S capitalized uh, has to be in Word and whatever. And um, yeah, it just it, it is frustrating. But it, it is also is one of those things. If you're on the business side of anything, you end up in those situations where you know, you do something in some other format and you send it over and the idiot on the other end can't deal with the file or, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge leap for some people. And then they, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, shocking that we still print things, but yes. uh, I have a coworker that I swear owns stock in a paper mill because <laughs> they like to print everything all the time. Uh, in the chat room again, Yo-Yo ha, ha says it sounds like Sean has too much money. Actually, that's the pro that's the issue. Microsoft has gotten so aggressive, particularly in the education market, that money you can't use that as an excuse anymore. They've made it really cheap. Um, yeah. And but knowing Microsoft as a company, they're going to do that for five years, and then they're going to start jacking the prices back up once you're hooked into their ecosystem. Right. 
Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. the The real test will be five years from now, and maybe that's the one that you know makes districts look at actually making a change there. Um, it's kind of sad because it, also if you're in that educational now, realm, Sean, wait, I'm going to have to interrupt you there. If the ribbon didn't drive people away from office, nothing ever will. Yeah, well, but the the really tough thing is business drives that. I mean, education right. really doesn't get to play a card in that hand. Um, you know, business drives it. Education, you know, uh, from everything from the teaching standards that come get handed down from the state. It's like, you know, teaching technology literally by the state standards in Texas means teaching Word and Excel. Yes. And, you know, it's it's pathetic because it's actually geared toward those apps. When kids go to uh, what we call UIL competitions, and it's these competitions, and they'll go and they uh, they have everything from you know debate and extemporaneous speaking and things like that that they have these competitions on. They also have uh, technology applications as part of their competition, and what that actually means is you know build me a spreadsheet that shows me this. And it's all about using Word and Excel and, and PowerPoint, and um, it, it's just, it's horrible. Um, but then educators, they will sell that as being necessary because, well, that's what these kids are going to use when they go off into the business world and they go to college. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's sick. sick. I learned to, to type using WordPerfect 3.0. Let me tell you, that's not what I'm using in the real world, people. Right. If you whatever you're teaching them now is not what they're going to be using in the real world. Sorry, I, this I didn't mean to go all ranty. It's just it's been a while since I ranted on this show. Yeah, and uh, and and you just you got me on that one. That that well, incredibly small minded attitude that is so prevalent. Uh, that you know we don't teach drivers ed on Fords. The curriculum doesn't say you have to drive a Ford, but in technology that's exactly what it is. You have yeah. to use this tool. Well, and that's, yeah, I, I, that's exactly right. That's where I was going to go with it is, um, yes, they are likely to, if they go off into the business world, they are very likely going to be working on Microsoft Office products. Um, that's just the way it is. But the fact of the matter is, is that's not really what they're needing to learn. What they need to learn is how to properly format a letter. You know, <laughs> the same thing that we learned in school before we every kid had a computer. Um, you know, those are things that, uh, you know, you don't have to teach in a specific program. Um, yeah. So that, you know, anyway, now you got me worked up too. Yeah, much. that's okay. Moving on. Um, <laughs> subscribe, subscribe to Microsoft. Go ahead. Be happy and enjoy it. Drink um, the okay. And... <laughs> There is a new uh, ruling, ruling's not the right word, new um, policy maybe is a better word. It's kind of hard to describe. But the yeah. Library of Congress, for some odd reason, has the power to exempt certain uh, technologies and processes from uh, the DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. And recently they... Uh, cell phone jailbreaking had been exempted and recently they lifted that exemption. So by yeah. the letter of the law, if you purchase a device from a carrier that has a locked bootloader and you unlock it, you have become a federal criminal. 
Yes, as of uh, this past Saturday, January 26th. Uh, so apparently there was a 90-day window. I hadn't heard of it at any time during that 90-day window. I'm sure they were trying to keep that quiet, right? Uh, but yeah, there was a 90-day window where you were sort of, uh, you know, in you know, in okay mode, you know? Yeah, and uh, the, the ruling there is just stupid. That, that's for some reason after this magic 90 days... Um, I can't remember the exact quote. I, I, I didn't pull up the article, but they said something like, there is no competitive disadvantage after 90 days. So, so cell phones that are f sold today can be locked, and, and cell phones that were sold yesterday couldn't be. And for some reason, there's a difference. Right. Well, and it even, it, it kind of gets funnier, too, because if it's a, like, I could buy, the way I was reading it, at least, is I could buy a locked phone um but if i unlocked it and sold it to you mark then you would be okay because you bought right. it unlocked unlocked so if you buy a if you purchase a phone that is unlocked then you're okay you just can't unlock a locked phone um so i guess if i did that and sold it to you technically i'd be the guy who'd be in trouble but you know i'm wondering is the fbi going to be out there like trying uh, to track down the three or four generations back the guy who actually unlocked the phone well the I way mean, the law works in the u.s is is lawmakers make a law and it doesn't actually mean anything until it's tried in the courts and then the judge decides whether that law is constitutional or not so none of this has any teeth until somebody gets sued uh right. one of my best friends uh for years is a lawyer and that's what she says is the law is made in the courtroom, not in the courthouse. Uh, you know, it's, it's not legislatures who make the law. It's judges who, in the end, make the law. So somebody, somebody writes a law, a legislature writes a law, the president signs it, it becomes the law of the land. And until somebody is sued over it, nobody knows whether that really means anything. Right. So that's what's going to happen. This is going to go before some, somebody is going to get sued over this uh some overzealous uh money grubbing tyrant is going to sue you know a 15 year old for rooting his phone uh and it's going to go to court and then we'll see if the judge you know upholds it and it depends on wh whether they go to a loony judge or a sane judge uh and you know either it'll either be upheld or overturned and and then we'll go from there so my intention is to continue rooting phones willy-nilly if you're scared to do it bring me your phone i will root it i'll face the charges i'll i will have to admit i'm scared i'm, I'm scared <laughs> i'll just i'll let somebody else fight that battle <laughs> i'll be glad to sit back here behind the microphone and report on that <laughs> now here's an interesting little known uh thing if you buy if your contract is like two years so you get a discounted phone a subsidized phone mm -hmm. after two years you're, you can, by the letter of law, go back to the manufacturer and they will they must unlock your phone for you mm -hmm. because you're outside yeah, the terms of your contract. Yeah, and, and that's where I think this is getting back to, which I understand how they can do it because it's like, well, technically it's like you're, you're leasing that phone or, you know, it's a lease option to buy sort of kind of thing. And um, so, but after two years, then yeah, it's yours. So uh, I, I think that should certainly be built in there is, you know, but you know, after two years, is, do you really want to do that at that point? I mean, it's kind of like you're ready to move on to something else, right? Yeah. I think the best bet, honestly, and, and it's what I try to do is just buy your phone, fork out yep. the 800 bucks, just do it. Um, 
and then probably you won't want to change them every nine months uh like people tend to but you know it just it it cuts through all that crap it's your phone you bought it you've got a receipt for it you own it you can do whatever you want to with it and you don't have a contract if you want to move to another carrier you can um so that's the way i prefer to do it in the end if you if you really do the math on it that three hundred dollars you save on the phone up front cost you like twelve thousand dollars over the years <laughs> those numbers may be slightly exaggerated a little slightly, bit of hyperbole but, but, you, but your point is well taken because it's true yeah it's crazy i mean what is it what is it text messages cost something like seven thousand dollars per megabyte <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. If you break that down by weight, it's like the most expensive. <laughs> Do you ever see that video? What does the internet weigh? Yeah, I, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. If you break text messages down by weight, it's like the most expensive thing in existence. <laughs> uh, do people, are there still people out there that pay for text messaging? We all pay for text messaging. We just pay for unlimited and it's 50 bucks well, a month. Like, yeah, true, true. I'll give you that. All right. Moving right along. Uh, Twitter thinks that you can want to send videos that are six seconds long. Uh, one of the best quotes I heard was just recently is, Twitter reinvents the animated GIF. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. With sound even. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, yeah. now with more annoyance. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were, Mark and I were talking about this off air. So if you haven't heard, uh, Vine is the actual service and it's only out there on iOS right now. I guess they have uh, apps for the iPhone and the, uh, the iPad. I'm assuming that it will be coming to other devices soon, but uh, it's called Vine. Uh, it's, it actually is a separate company that developed this, but Twitter bought them out at some point and then uh, revealed it last Thursday. Uh, and it's a micro video sharing service. So they're, they're trying to, I guess, take their micro blogging into the video sphere. Uh, so you can make six second videos with this app. It's supposed to be dead simple. You just like push a button. It takes six seconds of video and posts it. Um, but it took, uh, took people out there on the internet about six seconds to figure out how to use it to, to spread porn. <laughs> And not only that, Mark, what this was the great part of this is it wasn't just that people started using it for porn. It's that in the app store, like when you go to the app, like one of the uh, like editors picks for the like top videos so far on Vine was the was the hardcore porn video that's that's what got caught up in the news is that they they claim it was a uh, human error that that video got posted in the editor's picks section why do you want six seconds of porn yeah right <laughs> what, what well it, it does loop so i guess if you if you line it up just right it could look like in you know a viagra commercial if it lasts more than four hours <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, it, it just amazes me, though. Anytime you have something like this, it amazes me that at this day and age, they, you know, have not figured out that th that's what everybody's going to go for. You know, just like uh, what was that one where you, uh, what is it, chat, chat roulette? You know, how, how is it people don't see that the first thing that they're going to jump to is using it for porn? Yeah. 
that the the internet is just uh what what's that old saying an infinite number of monkeys typing on an infinite number of keyboards will eventually create the creative works of shakespeare well the internet's been around since the 60s and it ain't happened yet uh, so, but we have we have refined the art of free low quality porn we're, we're right. good at that we have we got that nailed <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was funny too because uh, Facebook. You know how a lot of these apps will integrate with Facebook. You know, connect. You know, connect Vine with your Facebook account, and uh, they actually have that option in the app. But when you do that, it goes over and says something to the effect that Facebook does not allow this app to integrate, or or something to that effect. But basically, Facebook killed the functionality of Vine. Not not really because of this porn thing. They did it before uh, all that came out because uh, they have a competing product. Yeah, and that's that's what they're they're hiding behind. As they say, they've got a competing core product, and so they're not going to let it integrate with Facebook. And uh, the last news story we've got is is, is sad news. Really, it's um, um, it's time for for a moment of of solemnity. Uh, yes. Apple is now worth a paltry four hundred fourteen billion dollars. Yes. And no longer the most valuable company on the planet. So all those fanboys out there can take one more feather out of their cap. Uh, they don't. They don't get the point to anymore. Um, not that you know. Being the second, uh, you know, you, we always hear about Fortune 100 and Fortune 500, and you know, if you're <laughs> the, fortune the Fortune two, two right? <laughs> you're still doing pretty darn well. So, um, and their but, stock, you know, their stock plummeted, and it's now worth only about four hundred dollars a share down right. from 700 and that's you know that's easy to say oh poor pitiful me but if you bought at 650 you're pretty mad about that <laughs> right or if you bought at six dollars and 50 cents you're still really happy <laughs> yeah um i think it's it's been interesting though you know ever since steve jobs uh passed and um and then you know ever since then uh you know they've been releasing new devices and they've been you know mildly you know mild improvements over the previous version and things like that um that's all the talk that you see out there now is you know apple no longer can no longer innovate and you know they need to come up with the next great device and everything um it, it's kind of interesting to see I, I i do think they're they're you know the competition is is catching them but um you know their new CEO. I can't even think of, of his name uh, offhand, but Tim Cook. Uh, there you go. Um, he says, you know, it's still all about making premium products. You know, making the best product out there, and that's what they they've always been good at. So uh, I actually thought it was kind of you know a good thing to hear. You know, because that is where you know where their strength is. So, uh, but uh, it is interesting to see them backsliding, and I, I can say I haven't lost any any sleep over it. <laughs> Um, it's true. I've often said that Microsoft, uh, no, Apple doesn't really invent like people give them credit for. They simply perfect. Um, but the well, trouble it, is it, once it, you've perfected something, where do you go from there? Right. Well, and you know, if you watch uh, old interviews with Steve Jobs and stuff, I mean, he's, he's pretty blunt, you know, he's like, we just, you know, we, we stole that idea or we, you know. We took that idea and made it better, and um, you know those those sorts of things. And uh, I often wondered how that company would do without him because it has a long history of hey, it did great with him, then he left, and it did horribly, then he came back, and it was all gangbusters again. So now that he's gone, I mean, he really he really was the driving force 
you know, he was the soul of that company. Uh, and I'm kind of curious if, if it can survive, you know, his loss. I mean, there's not another guy out there like him. So, uh, well, no, I clearly Apple will never be the same. Just like Microsoft hasn't been the same since Gates left. And, you know, right. Hewlett Packard hasn't been the same since Hewlett and Packard died. Uh, right. You know, the companies are never the same after their founders. Uh, but I don't think they're going to, you know, they're not going to go the way of the dodo anytime soon. No, no. All right. That's all I got for you this week, Mark. I just feel we needed more Apple bashing there. It just wasn't enough. Yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I do. I, I think they're sliding. I do. And I think this is the beginning of not really the beginning of the end, but I think Apple has seen its heyday and I'll just leave it at that. I mean, you know, it just is what it is. And, and you're gleeful about that. You're, you're giddy about that. I, I kind of am. Yeah. <laughs> Because I think it's going to play out just like the uh, the commercial, you know, where they uh, Samsung did the commercials, where now the iPhone and all the iDevices were your parents' devices. I think that's what it's going to be. It's going to be our generation, you and me, Mark, and all you know, uh, all the people around our age uh, that are current fanboys that are going to be all about the Apple products. And, and when we're seventy, we're still going to have. We're going to. I mean, not that you or I will have, <laughs> but you know, our generation is going to have their iPhone nine, and all the younger people will, will talk <laughs> about how funny that is that we still hang on to our iDevices, and uh, I think it'll have its market. But I don't. I don't think it's ever going to be in the same uh, position that it, it was in the past. And yeah, I'm okay with that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, I, I think that's as good a place as any to stop and say if you uh, would like to uh, comment on something you heard or something you didn't hear on the show, the place to do that is go to elementop.com. And by the way, I don't think I've mentioned it, and maybe I have, maybe I haven't. We've started archiving these shows uh, on the YouTubes. Uh, so if you'd like to see my ugly face, I don't know why you would, but you can, uh, go to YouTube and search for Mark A. Cockrell, and uh, you will find a listing of all the shows on the network there on the YouTubes, uh, and you can do that. And you can also laugh at the ridiculous transcriptions uh, that that Google comes up with. So oh, just Google transcribe them? I didn't know that. Yes, it's it's built in closed captioning is what it is, and it's <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Oh. That makes me want to turn on, you know, turn that on just so I can, you know, uh, see what it looks like. That's got yeah. to, if it's anything like voicemail, it's it's absolutely horrible. If you find the most ridiculous Google Voice transcript you've ever gotten, it's about a third as good as that. Wow, wow! So it's barely words. <laughs> right, unga, unga, grunga, unga, unga, and it'll probably translate that as four score and seven years ago. Maybe that's what we need to do, Mark. Is we need to come up with some sort of competition where people could take the transcriptions of our show off of Google and find who finds the funniest, like just native uh, line that came out of that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I was showing my wife the other night one of uh, the, the last week's episode of the Taiwan Tech, actually, and she we were watching the 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 closed captioning roll by and, and she was just shaking her head like what where did that even come from that's you know i would say something like banana and it would come up with like carpet fire you know it just it wasn't even close <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah 
Isn't there some sort of algorithm that should be able to at least say, eh, those words don't really go together. (laughs) 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 Like not carpet fire, but, you know, carpet cleaner or something, you know, even if it was totally wrong, at least they had something to do with each other. Well, and then you get things like element OP that don't go together. Oh yeah. True. True. So and anyway, you know, speaking of Element Opie, go there, use the con- the various contact us options at the top, post in the forum, do something. Uh, we, we've, uh, we're looking for people to interview. Uh, if you know somebody we should interview, uh, a service that you love, uh, and you'd like us to track it down, let us know, and, uh, and we will do that. Yes, I fired one off uh, just today, a request, so uh, I, I will fire those off. If you point me in the right direction, I'll be glad to try to drum somebody up. Uh, uh, we always uh, like to get a third or fourth on the show when we can. Uh, so, uh, yeah, do so in the in the forum, or you can uh, email us, Mark or Sean, at, uh, at uh, elementopie, elementopie.com. Dot com. <laughs> Oh, all right. Mark, you know, as always, it was very fun and it made for a great show. Why, thank you, Sean. And uh, having said that, there's nothing more to say, but this is Mark signing off. And Sean signing off.